0: Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you are listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools and they're built to help Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It's Friday, November 26th, and it is um, Black Friday. I hate this day. I totally hate this. I think it's just like the worst of the worst. And I I hope I don't have to be on TV this morning. I may have to be. Uh, According to Deloitte, they do this annual holiday retail survey. Holiday spending is expected to average $1,463 per household. That is up 5% from last year. By the way, it's just a few bucks below the 2019 level. So that's it. Uh, Anyway, you're probably not going to get exactly what you want this holiday season. So you might as well just settle in and don't expect big sales either because these uh, inventory levels are just too low. Uh, That said, if you're out there and you're having fun, I dare say that I would not want to be raining on your parade. So do have fun. If you have a financial question, if you are looking to year end and need some assistance, go to our website, jillonmoney.com and click on the contact button and we'll get your note. Today, we are starting uh, to plow through all of these year-end emails. Let's go to, uh, let's start with Joseph, who's 48. He says he just retired. He's 48. He just retired. Okay. He had a 457 plan while he was working. So he's probably a municipal employee. He says he is working full-time again, but for a different employer, he's got lower pay, but he says it's enough to get by. Here's the question. Do you think it's wise to withdraw from the 457 plan in order to max out my Roth IRA and also my uh, non-working wife's Roth IRA. Hmm. 457 is $450,000. The Roth balance is 225, wife's is 25. We also have a 401k and I'll get a military reserve pension at 60. So the Roths will be our last bucket to dip into. What about just converting some of this money? So here's what I would do. No, I would not pull money out of my 457 to max out your Roth. Um, What I would prefer that you did actually is to make sure you have an adequate emergency reserve fund. And then maybe because you're making less money and before you receive your pension or social security, that you slowly start to convert the money from the 457 into a Roth. That's what I think I would do, but you have to have the money to pay the taxes. Otherwise this advice does not work. Okay. Barb writes, Many years ago, my husband started a company. And over the years, it has grown from him as the only employee to now 30 full-time employees. Wow. For most of those years, we have provided a retirement plan for all. And many years, we've been contributing 25% year end. This has been amazing for the employees, mostly blue-collar jobs. But I have some who have upwards of a million dollars in the plan. Oh, my God. We are invested through Wells Fargo. I think I've heard you groan about them. (laughs) We stuck with it. the The advisor does come every year to meet with everyone. They appreciate it. Okay. Three years ago, my husband and I found it necessary to purchase a business next door to ours that was foreclosed upon by a local bank. The two companies are closely entwined. Sales between the two are about seven million dollars a year. So here's my question: I do not want to tie the new company up with Wells Fargo, but I think I jumped out of the frying pan into the fire. Because they are with Ivy. Pretty sure I heard a moan from you once on the podcast about Ivy. I don't know if I did. Again, someone comes to meet with them. However, for the sake of the employees, I'm willing to make a change. What investment house can do the best for my new company and still provide a good level of service? (sighs) Oh, this is tough. Okay. Small retirement plans and small, I, I mean, you have 30 employees. I don't know how much money's in the plan. The first thing we need to know is how much money is in there. The second thing is we have to really understand what are the fees you're paying for the plan. Some of the cheapest plans are not available for smaller retirement plans. Okay. So cheap and small don't usually go together, which is why many people end up with just a plain old financial advisor who charges a lot. And that's where you hear the groan. And it doesn't really serve your employees or you, by the way, think it's worth you investigating whether you can open up a smaller plan through a place like a Fidelity or a Schwab, or a Vanguard, I don't think Vanguard will do it actually. So it would probably be Schwab or Fidelity. And if not, maybe this is an opportunity for you to shop around the relationship to just a fee-based financial planning firm that will help you with this retirement plan. Or maybe it'll be a place like uh, the sponsor of our radio show, Facet Wealth. You know, you, you can find people who do this, but it does depend a lot on how much money is in the plan. Okay. Bill writes that he is 61. He goes on, he says, my wife is 60. Between us, we have almost a million dollars in 401k accounts. I also have company stock from a job I left 28 years ago that has grown to be worth $500,000. Mark, check this out. From a value of $6,000 when I left the company. The stock has had dividend increases every year. I've owned it. I've always reinvested the dividends, which now total four grand a year. It's a non-tech manufacturing company that is rock steady. As we approach retirement, how should we deal with this stock? (sighs) Okay, let's think about this. I mean, you're not going to sell it in one fell swoop, but it's a heck of a lot of money to have in one company. So what I would like to know is, number one, when are you going to plan on retirement? What is the source of retirement income that you are going to need? And will you have a pension? When do you plan on claiming Social Security? These are all questions that are important because we need to figure out how this half a million dollars of this single company stock is going to be used to help you reach your financial goals. And the thing is that, you know, maybe you're going to tell me, I don't need the money at all. I don't know. I'm just guessing. And then we have to come up with the the game plan as to how you're going to dispose of it or sell it and not get killed in taxes. Now, the good news is that if you retire, there could be a little sweet spot for you in between, say, retirement and Social Security or retirement and required minimum distributions where you could get some of that money liquid and reallocated. And maybe you do that while capital gains rates are 15%, take the hit in a couple of big chunks. But again, we need more information about what your needs are. It's a great problem to have. And even if it's a rock steady company, it's still, you know, it's just tough to try to take on that kind of risk as you get older and older. Okay. Let's see. What do we got here? Okay. Okay. And now we have a question from Mark, who's actually a radio listener. He listens to us on WCCO Radio in Minneapolis. Hello, good neighbor. Okay, Mark's 65, and he says, I plan on working until I'm age 69 or 70, as long as I stay in good health. Good, excellent. My wife and I have $133,000 remaining on our mortgage at 3.75% interest. The bank statement says we've got eight more years, mortgage payment. $2,300. Okay. Next. I have $705,000 in my 401k. I contribute 17% each two-week pay period. Great. I've got $32,000 in an emergency fund. My wife has a traditional IRA with $2,000. He says, I've got a Roth. I'm not contributing to it at this point. It's worth 50 bucks. My traditional IRA, I rolled into my 401k plan last year. Oh, that's great. His gross income, $135,000, wife $41,000, all the benefits come from him. Outside of $5,000 in medical debt and monthly bills, were in reasonable shape. We've got two older vehicles, 2002 and 2004, one of which we plan on waiting to replace next spring, um, would buy a used midsize SUV, about two or three years old. Yeah, good luck finding that. And thinking of taking 15 or 20 grand out of the emergency fund and getting a three- or four-year loan on the remainder unless you feel otherwise. I don't like that. I don't like that when you're 65. I don't like plowing through an emergency reserve fund. Um, So I would not do that. Just get a loan for the whole thing. Do not pluck that money out of the emergency fund. And definitely don't pay extra on your mortgage. Do not, do not, do not. Okay? So your last sentence is, What do you suggest in terms of getting our mortgage paid off versus emergency fund savings and replacing our vehicle? I think what we would say is keep your emergency fund. Don't dip into it. When you get your vehicle, just get a loan and do not make extra payments on this house. You can't. You can't afford it. Absolutely not. In fact, I might say, instead of putting so much money in your 401k, I might pull back my 401k contribution. I might just actually... Let the money get taxed and build up your emergency reserve even more to help pay for the car loan. And that's it. Yeah, okay. Mark is pointing out that he does not want to retire with a mortgage. And I'm going to point out that you should retire with a mortgage. You will pay it off very quickly. But so, you know, honestly, you don't have to put the gun to your head. You're making it harder on yourself. Uh, you're right. He's probably not going to do it. But you know what happens is you pull you pull money out of this emergency reserve you're 65 years old what if something bad happens what then and then you don't have a job and then something goes on or you have a health issue no you can't do this much rather you pull back on the retirement account build up the emergency re- reserve keep the cash flow really aiming towards getting the car, get the car loan and all that. I want to hear something even nutty. When I first read this, I'm like, oh, he should refine, do the whole thing. But he won't do that. That's not happening. Okay. Let's not, let's skip on because that's not happening. All right. Uh, Here is a note from Allie who says, thanks for the great show. When we were starting out, we were focused on paying down our mortgage. Here we go again with the point: pay down on the mortgage. Paying for education and saving for retirement. Okay. When our financial advisor would ask about estate planning, we laughed. Insisted we would blow the money and leave the kids with the house. As time has passed, not so sure anymore. Hmm. Our kids are still finishing up their education, but from our perch, we see an insecure job market. More concerning is that the housing market has accelerated to the point that we do not foresee home ownership for our kids. Perhaps if they marry and as a couple on two salaries, they could attain this goal. Now we're reflecting on whether they will need some estate leftovers. The original plan was to leave them the house, value of a million dollars. Now that we can see retirement ahead of us and have saved two and a quarter million dollars, we feel that we can live on the interest and not use up much of our principal. However, one never knows how long that will go. Ain't that the truth? All right, here we go, Mark. Enter life insurance, okay? Life insurance guy tells us to buy a whole life policy. He tells us that this is just another investment class to keep in our portfolio. First of all, life insurance is not an investment class. Okay. Life insurance is a product that is sold. Okay. And it is there to actually provide insurance proceeds if someone is counting on your salary or your assets for something in the future. Okay. The accountant says everyone should have some insurance in their portfolio. That's baloney. Also, what is your accountant? Why is that? I don't know. Is the accountant and the and the life insurance guy are they related? Did they refer one another to? Did they refer each other? This is ridiculous. The uh, rationale is a small amount of insurance will give us less angst if we do need to dip into the principal. The financial advisor says tying up the money insurance will put us at risk of a cash flow crunch said the kids can get the fridge half full and figure out their own lives. Yeah, the financial advisor was better than the stupid accountant. Life insurance, absolutely not. This is actually not a good decision for you and your family. Here's what you should do. What you should do is you should create an estate plan where you live your life and you leave your money alone and your kids can actually, you know, inherit it. If you think you can help them along the way and you're really not spending as much as you think you're going to spend in retirement, I'm not saying now, then you may be able to help them sooner rather than later. Two and a quarter million dollars, I hate to tell you guys, not that much money. It's a lot of money, yes, but bad things happen to people and you're going to need that money. So I don't feel great about this plan. I don't. I mean, the financial advisor actually may be sort of like the best of this bunch, but I got to tell you something. The amount of people who essentially are sold a product they don't need, it's astounding to me. (sighs) It feels unnecessary. It's really like, you know, like when you're watching a game, it's like the unforced error drives me crazy. This is an unforced error. There's plenty of accidents that occur in life. There's plenty of things like problems that arise. Why are we buying a problem? with whole life insurance. It's an unnecessary product for you. There is no reason that you guys need to have insurance for your kids. It is basically eating into your portfolio. It is not some other asset class. It's not an investment class. It is a product. That's what it is. Okay. All right. I hope that you guys are not out there going in crowds and doing nutty things. If you are, please try to be careful and be masked and be smart and do something nice for someone else today. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13, Grit, Growth, Grace. And if you are shopping, you better have some gratitude for the fact that uh, you are able to go out and do so. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.